Hello and welcome to Genuine Connections. Today I have a really good friend here. We've been friends since the seventh grade. Yeah, we seventh met, grade cross yeah. country. Uh, that's incorrect. Oh, <laughs> what? How's that incorrect? We met in track. We didn't. You didn't do cross country. No, I didn't do cross country. Psych. <laughs> this is a great start. <laughs> we're great friends. Oh yeah, we're super close. Uh, no, yeah, we met in track seventh grade. Yeah, I never did cross country. Okay. I can't run for ten miles. Are you kidding? We didn't run. In, no, we did like three miles. Like oh really? Eight, oh, eight I guess I, I could have done cross country then. It wasn't that? Because actually, that's what I usually do. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, I have here my friend Miranda. Hello. And nice today we're going to talk about anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a conversation with an old friend. I'm back in Seattle uh, where she lives. And so we're just going to catch up and talk about the new things of the world. Yeah. And what's messed up. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we like to talk about. I feel like that's what everyone talks about is what, what's up. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, you were going to talk to me about uh, the lawnmower parents. Right, so before, when we were growing up, we had what's called like helicopter parents, right? Everyone yeah. knows that. You buzz around, they're always involved. That's my mother. Lovingly, a helicopter parent. <laughs> she just called me to want to know what's going on. Um, so she's still somewhat helicoptering, which I'm sure people will comment on. But we, um, the new term now of something that's new is the, the lawnmower parent. So a lawnmower parent, they, you know how a lawnmower and you can like see where you lawn mowed, right? Mowed yeah. your lawn. <laughs> yep. And you have like going back and forth and you have the rows and you're clearing the way. So lawnmower parents now, that term they're using is so that it's for parents that take out any hardship for their kid. So like it's always going to be a smooth path. And, oh God. Right? Because it's like you, kids need tough stuff to grow up, but they're like, oh, we're going to make everything Okay. You're never gonna have anything bad happen to you. No consequences, all of that. So that's the new, the new parenting struggle, right now. That's terrible. Like think of all the developmental stages that you had of something that was not great, but you had to solve the problem yourself. Right. They're not gonna learn how to like critically think or problem solve, because their parents are gonna do all that for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So their parents are gonna be, you know, great at life. But their kids are going to suck ass. Yeah, and they're not going to pass anything, like, helpful on, you know? Yeah. No, like, I, I even see that in schools, though. Like, in elementary, as an elementary school teacher, like, there's so many rules, safety rules. Mm-hmm. Like, even on the playground or in class, that the kids complain that they can't do anything fun, yeah. you know? Like, like we're going to take all the hardships out of you. We don't want you to get hurt. So just just play patty cake practically with your friends and they're just like livid have you seen a playground nowadays it's like there's two monkey bars like one two done like you can't even fall off the monkey bars it's like swing swing and it's over are you serious are there's even no swings i mean they're super short like they're not long anymore and they're super low to the ground and then the slides slides are also super low to the ground there's not even like the spinny slide anymore because you're gonna just you can't like fall off the sides of those and then like, they're just so limited. I am. Okay. On a bonus side of playgrounds development, though, um, do you remember wood playgrounds? Like, um, so I remember, like, going on jungle gyms and stuff where I would get, like, these horrible splinters. There was someone, uh, I don't remember who it was, but someone got, like, 
a six inch splinter in their butt because they like, <laughs> like before the slide. And then the, like, do you remember metal slides? Yeah, I do. And then like those, the summer. Those are hot, yeah. That's so hot. I mean, okay, there's some benefits, but I don't know. I think they made them, the, the changes are too drastic to the point where they're like not fun anymore. And but for me, I'm all about like, let the kids learn and figure things out for themselves. Yeah, like you have to get hurt sometimes. To learn. Yeah. Yeah. I think, of course, there's that to an extent. Right. There's definitely a time to step in. But I think we just made it so limiting. Yeah. And they're bored because they don't, like, I don't know, there's something so rich in learning lessons and being in pain because it teaches you what to avoid. Yeah. Um, we were talking about earlier too, is just like the disrespect of kids that like with COVID and not being in the classroom, there's a disrespect because their teacher has been virtual and, or their parents have sent emails of saying like, Oh, they haven't done this. And, or just electronic due dates were not kept, you know? Yeah. And they weren't even allowed to enforce it too. Or you got 50% passing grade on if you turned something in, no matter what, to what quality it was. So kids. That's so bad. It was Mm, it's problematic that's for sure i'm i'm everyone just got the go like the green light no matter the quality like your mm -hmm. top students got the go mm -hmm. got the green light and then your bottom students also got the green light yeah that's what i was talking to one of our teachers from high school um i think she's an english teacher but uh just about um do you have the divide because when on zoom like through covid learning um, the kids that would participate because she had honors classes and regular classes. And so the honors kids, there were some that were just excelling, you know, they're going to lean into that environment of online learning and talk and engage and like all that type of stuff. But the people that don't, that just have, you know, their screen, they like turned on to say they're in class, but they're not actually listening or paying attention They're And they're not asking questions. They're just falling farther and farther because the teacher, when you're have engaging students, you're going to go at their pace of, like, mm -hmm. and the other kids, like, okay, hey, I mean, like, you're supposed to turn in. They're not turning it in. Then you get to the end of semester, and they are, let's say, at an they're at an F trying to get to a D or a, even a C, you know, to pass. Uh, I don't even know if D is D passing. That's a great question. I think if, as long as you're not an F, you're passing. Yeah. So they're, they're like, okay, you know, usually you'd have some type of divide where it's like, okay, I have a C, I'm trying to get to a B or something like that. But then with COVID, she said the divide was just so strong where she had like a bunch of A students that were doing everything. And then she had a bunch of like Ds and Fs. There was no like middle ground. So you're either going to try and try hard and pass mm -hmm. or you're just not going to pay attention at all. Yeah. You're not going to care. And then you're going to fall too far to behind to even try to care. Right. And But she doesn't know that because they weren't communicating with her because they're in class, so they get credit, and they're going to get their F, you know, their 50% credit, so now you only have to get to, like, you know, 10% more, not even that, you know. Anyway, sorry, kind of off topic, but I was just thinking about that, of, like, the divide. Well, it still relates. Are. Yeah, it still, and it kind of relates to the parenting thing, too. As well. I feel like parents that are not doing everything for their child's have, you know, investment in their kids' education and push them and want them to be invested. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, 
but I mean, in some parental situations, like you're not able to have that time to devote to your kid's education. Like school, you take him to school while you work, you know, a job, especially with so many single parents now. And the cost of living is crazy. So to keep a roof over your head, you have to, if you don't have a full-time job, you have a couple part-time jobs. And then you have to take them to and from school and, you know, maybe make dinner or take them to an after-school activity. Like if you're trying to give them the best life. And it's just, that's draining. Even yeah. if you're trying to co-parent or do something else, like yeah. you're not going to have that time to really invest. Or especially if you weren't necessarily like successful in math or something, you know, or a certain subject when you were younger. Like maybe elementary school, they're able to invest more. But once they get to high school, you know, that some people forget what they learned in high school when it comes, you know, the... Yeah, and things change. There's always the new math, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No. Wait, tell more about your experience as a sub. Oh my goodness. Especially over the course of COVID, since like beginning to now. Yeah, so the beginning of COVID, I subbed a couple times online and it was the, uh, it was easy. It was because you're online, you say, hey, this is your assignment going on Canvas because you're not teaching anything right there because you are the sub. And the teacher has been there. So you just give them their assignment and this is a work period or anything else. But you can't like, okay, you can, sometimes I even had teachers, they were like, yeah, they can just do their work on their own and they can sign out of Zoom, you know, as long as they, because they're working on an assignment. So you have in, take attendance, go do your own thing, research or read something, you know, like, especially because like in English classes in high school, we'd have reading periods yeah, where you would just read your class book. Right, this was the beginning. Mm -hmm. That was the very beginning. What was the ratio of kids actually following the instructions? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I, I didn't, because I don't, you know, as a sub, you don't get to see the who turns in anything. Or what is it? what did it seem like, the it ratio felt was? lonely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I mean, it's honest. No, no, no. What did the ratio seem like of people following no directions? Like, maybe, like. Five kids per class. Oh, yikes. And I mean, like, but I mean, as a sub, it was just, <laughs> it felt lonely because no one would interact with you. Like, you, the best uh -huh. thing that I learned was, like, that thumbs up reaction on Zoom was like, okay, everybody give me was a that the highlight up. of your day? That was the highlight of my day. Wow, like, that's depressing. Hey. Be, and because kids would, like, they would log on. You know, you don't have any camera. If you got a camera any time of the day, you're like, oh, my goodness. <gasps> they wouldn't turn on their camera? No one would turn on their camera, ever. That's why it was lonely, because I don't know if they're actually there or but not. But your camera was on. My camera was on. Oh, my gosh. You're looking at, like, myself dozens of black holes. Yes. And then you. And you're just. Yeah. Wait, did you talk to them? Yeah. I would say hi. You know, like, and sometimes. Wow. If you I just had... got a ton of, like, hands in your face. No, 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 no. Yeah. Wow. Ultimate rejection. Yeah. No, it's really. And so, like, I don't know if that was just because I'm a sub, but it seemed like that was pretty normal and pretty typical because we weren't allowed because of. Um, you know, different rules because we don't know people's home life, we don't know their status, we don't want people to feel insecure about where they live or anything like that. We couldn't ask them. Like, you could ask them to turn on their camera, but they're not forced to. You know, you're not going to get discredited for not having your camera on. Or maybe it's an internet connection thing or whatnot. But what was tough about that is that you can't, you can't engage with them. You can't see their faces. You can't see if they're struggling. Like, as you're going through the lesson yeah. or the instructions, does anyone have a question? You know, you ask and then you just pause. And just look around. No? Okay. Now we're moving on. And <laughs> oh, be like the my God. Wow. Right? And so that was all at the beginning. 
And then we got to go back to in-person. And so what was cool is that I got to go back into a classroom where the teacher, for whatever reason, wasn't back in the classroom yet. They still had enough notice to like, whether it was vaccines or whatnot, um, they weren't able to be in the classroom just when they opened the school doors. So she was still teach, she was approved to teach on Zoom from home for two weeks. So I got to be her presence in the classroom for two weeks. Okay. At right when it went back in person. And some... Is this like, when was it? This was still this 2020? Was March of 21. So they had gone like the whole school year. Okay, so this is a, a year, entire year later. Yeah. Okay. Entire year later, I think. Um, yeah, because 20... But were they all virtual until then? Yes. So they were virtual yeah, because for we, Yeah, because we went into March... In, we went virtual. They never went back in the classroom that year. They thought we were hopefully going to start back in the fall. But you did didn't. not. And so then they went back in the spring of 2021. All right. That's crazy. So an entire year, mm-hmm. developmentally, academically, everything yep. behind. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Okay. So I was there for two – was I there for like the week? Because they were there for like a week before spring break. And then a week – and then they had spring break. And then we were back, everybody in person afterwards. And so it was, I think the freshmen seniors got to come back that first week. So the freshmen were learning things and the seniors got to like be with their friends and like they understood what was going on, mentorship for freshmen or whatnot. And then the sophomores and juniors got to come back the week after spring break. And so then everyone was in person. But anyway, during those two weeks of the classroom, it was really different because the freshmen know nothing. Like, you know, they've never been in this building before. Oh my gosh, that was miserable. You know, learn everything. And they're so quiet because they don't know, like, especially I had a lot of, like, I felt like not transfer kids, but variant students. Mm -hmm. I had several of them and they were just so quiet because they don't know anyone. That's sad. It's extremely sad. And so we had that and then counteract that with the seniors and juniors who were, you know, don't care about masks. So don't care about it. They was like, oh my goodness, I get to be with my friends finally. And they're just excited to be there. But the freshmen, and then the sophomores, again, they didn't get to really finish their freshman year. And this whole sophomore year, they're still kind of like freshmen. Right. Right. Because right. they're still. They didn't just, even finish their freshman year. They didn't year. finish their freshman year. So it's just this whole social dynamic is completely different and or just skewed as to how it would normally be. Yeah. Because normally the freshmen, you know, like you're asking questions and like, oh my goodness, this is all new. And yeah, you're a little scared at the beginning. But then you get over it after a few weeks. Yeah. But these kids. Were they terrified the rest um, of the year? I don't know about the rest of the year. They got more comfortable. But those first two weeks, I was – because they were also only going to school every other day because – Oh, my were, gosh. So that right? doesn't help. No. So they're not saying the same people every day. But it was so interesting because I remember asking them, I'm like – because I would help. So she would give the instructions, and then I would mute her and be like, hey, does anyone have any questions? Let me – and she knew this. Like, it wasn't that I, like, rudely muted my the teacher that was actually teaching – it was just that I was like, okay, so does anyone have any questions? Can I come help you? Like, where do you need me to be? And, or do you want me to ask the teacher a question? Because I'm closer to the microphone. It's easier to hear. And I'm like, okay, does pe- people feel good? And, you know, usually you get like nods of heads or anything like that. I got thumbs ups. Like from physical, students. Physical, physical thumbs, thumbs up. up. They'd be like, we're good. Like, they wouldn't even say that though. They wouldn't say, they're just like... Put your hand up, thumb up. Yep, I'm good. Wow. Not even making eye contact. Just like, and I'm like, okay, guys. We're How were they with now. that? How were they with, like, eye contact? And, um, like, maybe, like, going up to you to talk or something. 
I mean, it didn't happen very much. Like, obviously, I they hadn't seen me before either because I'm just a sub, so I'm not their real teacher. But it got better. It's gotten better now, too, because some people that I had, like some students I had last year, they're like, oh, my goodness. You know, good so to you would see say you. it takes a longer to build trust oh, for and sure. open up. For sure. That's so sad. And they, and no, and they, again, it all depends on the different, different teachers and the different styles and ways. And there's really good teachers and there's some teachers that maybe shouldn't be teachers anymore, you know? And it's just, there's that divide. And the kids, I think, are getting a little bit more telling in that, in the way of they're more, I feel like they give, maybe they've always been that way. The not so great teachers have worse kids you know like the respect isn't there mm-hmm. does that make sense yes that makes sense mm-hmm. so um right the kids are going to act better with the teachers that are better because they have that rapport right and or they just there's certain teachers that can just connect really well with kids yeah you know and they're able to engage and to develop that relationship faster than others mm-hmm. but i would say overall i'm really concerned to see the after effects of covid like in society as we continue to go yeah because yeah we're starting to make repairs now but it's so we're so far gone like yeah deadlines are deadlines ever going to be a thing again because these students don't get it like in work the thing that makes sense like we're losing accountability yes exactly we're losing accountability which is that should not be like a desired niche skill. That's a skill everybody needs right. to, to make it through life. Like flexibility is great and important. But there are certain jobs, especially I mean, like when it comes to like the medical field, there's you have timelines. Like if you don't get certain things done at certain points of time, like because I was a phlebotomist for a while, right? If you don't keep the blood in the right temperature for a certain amount of time, then it's gonna be a bad sample and then you're gonna have to like repoke the person. Mm-hmm. You know? I would say it. Every job has timelines. Yeah, and deadlines. Yeah. And so we're the, – the even though COVID was only – I mean, to the degree COVID is still going on, but the year of 2020 to 2021, that – in those developmental years of kids, like, you learn deadlines in school. That's why you have assignments and why you turn in. But the kids and the students don't care about the deadlines anymore. They're like, oh, it's fine. I might get a few points off, but I can afford that. It's like, mm-hmm. what happened – like – there's overparenting, and when people are like, you have to succeed, and you're not worth anything if you don't get A pluses and extra credit and all these things. But there's also something to be said for instilling motivation into kids. Yeah. You know, like and diligence, our, hard work. Yeah. Our, our planet, our society, our culture is not going to continue or thrive if we don't have people that want to invest in it. If we just, if people are just like, oh, what's the point? Let's give up now. I mean, it's going to crumble faster than I think we expect. The problem is, like, people are still saying that COVID is, like, the virus is so, is more detrimental than anything else, which I don't believe is true. I think it's hurting very, very few people. And the after effects, like what you're saying, are hurting people much more. That's what I have a problem with. And that's what I believe. You can have a different opinion. Yeah. But I think the virus hurts very, very little. And the lockdowns and the distancing and the mask wearing cripples us more. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And I think that's the thing is that I think a lot of people forgot 
about how impactful even just seeing a smile, you know, seeing strangers' faces. Mm-hmm. Actually, I talked about this with my brother. So, or with this, well, with my brother, like young children have a hard time distinguishing. Even adults probably have a hard time distinguishing your emotional state. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to smile, whether you're afraid, whether you're angry, if you have a mask on. Mm -hmm. Because we see about half of your face. If we see your whole face, we'll, we'll pretty much for sure know what you're feeling. But if only half of your face is there, we'll probably take more time or even be unsure of what exactly it is you're feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. It's because just, that's the biggest part of how we read each other. It's not through our words, but through our expressions. Yeah, and body language, Yes, too. yes. And so when we took out all that time, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting to see where people are at now. Like, me, I'm an extreme extrovert. I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. Going back after having just, you know, a few months without seeing a lot of people or no group gatherings and all that things, like, yeah. coming back, it was exhausting to be with any amount of people besides oh, like five. It was it's so sad. Like usually that would be, oh my goodness, this is amazing. But because of I hadn't had that social interaction, I was like, you know, especially with COVID, you know, like, oh, is it okay if I like can I touch, can I hug you? Can I see you? Can we interact? I think that's you so know? bad in itself. Like the fact that you have to question whether you can hug someone or be near someone, in my mind, I think that's so negative. Mm-hmm. To just think oh can I be near this person right and I under like again have since my mom had COVID so badly um it's just a miracle that she's alive today I I also understand you have a different perspective I have a different perspective because I do know that COVID it's painful and I lost a good friend who had MS um he was older but still like COVID was his death like it took him in you know and so I lost a, a friend um, that way. And so it does affect people. And there is, like, a lot of pain and, and loss in that. But when you – there is a certain thing to say where it's like, yes, we need to take precautions. But we can't – Stop life. We can't stop life for everyone else. And it's tough and it's going to be painful and the loss is significant and it's over – Overwhelming our hospitals, especially with because it affects our older generation. Like our elderly population, normally is going to be more in the doctor and more at the hospital and things like that. It's just that's normal because they're older; they have more health problems. But the fact that our hospitals are just being so overrun, like where is the care going to happen when someone needs an appendectomy, right? Or you need your appendix out right away, or when you broke your arm in a skiing accident? You know, like we still need care facilities for that. So I can see that part, too, where we need to keep people out of the hospital as much as we can. We also need to give hospital care to those who need it. So, like, there's that part of it. But then there's also a floor at um, our local hospital, I know, that was just, you know, like a normal children's floor. And now there's just so many behavioral issues and depression. And, you know, you have to be under watch and, like, all these things because kids aren't having the social interactions that they need to be having. Oh, yeah, behaviors are skyrocketing. Because they're not getting their meet, their needs met. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's a combination of parenting mm-hmm. nowadays and parents not really knowing how to be parents. Yeah. And COVID taking uh, just their, their social lives away from them. God, that's a terrible combination. How, how involved do you think parents should be from your perspective? in a kid's lives 
and kids in their kids' lives. It's like a fine line where they should be involved, but not so much to the point that it's detrimental. Well, and there's also that divide of being involved. And I think a lot, like a big thing too is, I don't know if it's our generation or the generations that having kids, but there's this like, um, there's a woman that I knew had, she had a teenage daughter and her daughter came in and said, mom, you're my best friend. Right? Because again, they, they're involved in whatever. And to her being the mom, she was like, that was a big red flag for me. Because it's good to be like friends with your kid. But she was like, I could not be my kid's best, best friend. friend. Yeah. And so when it comes to that, I think a lot of people want to be their kid's best friend. They want to have this such close connection and they don't understand the parent-child relationship. Ugh. Whether because like their parents were absent or they just they just don't know how to do it themselves right. that they yeah. only know how to have friends so they want to be best friends with their kid but kids don't need more friends they need parents to like help right. they need to make that distinction yeah i don't know sorry so i didn't know like so when that what are your what's what would be your advice to parents yeah. it's it's what you said it's like parents are lawnmower parents and they're taking away all of the hardships for them and they need to let kids learn most hardships for themselves like, mm -hmm. and what I mean is, like, if there's a hot stove, you can say don't touch it. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to the extremes, parents can step in. But ultimately, they need to, like, let their kids learn a lot for themselves and then step in when they need to and not all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the biggest problem. Also, parents need to, like, teach their kids. Um... I guess there are parents that teach their kids, but like a lot of parents right now let their children run the household. <laughs> like mm. they are, have you ever seen Boss Baby? Oh yeah. That is totally legit. <laughs> like the children are the boss and the parents just can't do it. Yes. They mm. drop to their knees and they obey. And they need to make the distinction between, you know, friend and parent, but also they need to show them that they are the boss. Like, they are the authority of the household. They don't get to make every decision. The child does not get to make every decision. I think it's important that children do get to make some choices. Like, mm -hmm. would you, what would you like to wear to school today? Would you like to wear your overalls or the, the green shirt and blue jeans? Not, like, what you do know, you want to wear? Yeah. Give them. Like, give them, it's good to give them choices, but don't let them put you on the leash. <laughs> because I have seen so many parents that are whipped by their children. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why they let them do that. I think it's because they don't want to deal with the tantrum or they don't even know, they don't know how to take control. They really just don't know how to take control. But yeah, so that's the thing is that I can't really add to the knowledge of my experience and oh my goodness raising my kid and I know I've seen I've seen enough you know Instagram reels to understand that parenting is hard right right it's not easy it's a thankless job it's hard work I tell people I don't want to have a kid because I know that once I have a kid my life is over I'm not living for me anymore I'm living for them see but that's but is that how it should be as well like, where's that balance? Because I think that is something that, like, people, they give their lives to their kids 
so much investment in the kids and then the kids either have all the pressure there of like, oh my goodness, my parent just gave up their life for me. No, kids you know? don't think that. Some kids do. No, I think most kids don't think that. Um, kids are just take advantage of their parents. But then there's also, I was going to say, what about the kids? Like, there's a lot of parents, I think, in this, especially where we grew up, where it's a two-income household. And so they get to go on, vaca- like, really nice vacations, and their college is going to be paid for, and all these things where they're, like, is that problematic because the parents are so absent from their kids? Like, their kids, they're still there and trying to be present, but they also have jobs. So those, like, I don't know, what... I guess what I'm trying to say is just like, do you think that's a healthy life of working, you know, full time? Having two parents work full time, or do you think someone should be home with the kids, like when they come home from school? What do you think? Uh, I think either way could work as long as parents are present enough in their child's life. Like both of my parents worked for mm-hmm. practically my entire life. Yeah. Um, and I never felt neglected. Yeah. Um, I think. Having one parent work and one parent home also can be great. Yeah. As long as you're not so overbearing, as long as that one parent that's, that's mm-hmm. always home is not so overbearing that the child's like, get the fuck away from me. I'm a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, like, again, like, me and my brother, we never felt neglected, even though both our parents worked. Like, right. they dropped us off at school. I would say 50-50. I took the bus 50-50. They dropped mm-hmm. me off at school in the morning. Then I did aftercare. Mm-hmm. And so I saw them practically around dinner time to the rest of the night. But like they, That's like too, yeah. my parents are huge on quality time. Like we went swimming with my dad every Monday night. We went to McDonald's, then we went to the pool, then we went to Baskin Robbins every Monday night throughout all of my ah, elementary school years. That's amazing. Yeah. So, like, and they're they're like loving, caring, generous parents. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're gonna pick you up and then cook your own dinner. We'll right. put on the TV. I don't want to talk to you. Like, they wanted right. to hear about our day and have dinner together if we, if we could. And then, you know, like, I think it depends on the kind of parents you are. Right. And so I think, I think either could work as long as you find the right approach. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Can we switch gears a little bit? Yeah, let's switch it. Okay. So if we're talking What's about up? parenting. Yeah. What do you think about pet parenting? <laughs> Pet parenting, like where parents are just so involved in their pet's life. They get them clothes, build them a house, uh, put them in a doggy purse, well, they treat them travel like them forever. Yeah, okay. They are the children like, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fur, like, I'm a fur I'm baby. You know? Uh, I think, I, you know, I've said this before. I'm the person that's like, you do you. Of course, I'm also <laughs> the person that judges because we all judge. Uh... <laughs> I don't think I would go that far, but maybe I would. Like, but what do you think about people that do that? Like, because I know it's different in different I definitely, and different cultures. I it definitely draws my attention because it's different. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has a fur baby uh, to that extent where it's like this is my child's. Yeah. Um, I get it if you have money and you don't have children to take care of your pet in that manner. Um, because you just have the money and nothing else, potentially. Um, so I get it. I don't know. I think I'm just like the you do you kind of person. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely for that in the way of like, if 
people, I'm not the biggest pet person myself because I like to travel and I don't want to worry about that type of responsibility. Yeah. But I think especially in Washington, it's really fascinating. Is it prevalent? It's, in, well, it's incredible to just see what people do for their pets. I mean, people, Washingtonians love their dogs. They love their pets here. Mm-hmm. We love pets. Yeah, we take here. really good care of them. Yes. Which is how we, we do. We go above and beyond for pets here. Above or, and beyond. Oregon <laughs> is the same way. I think the whole West Coast are like, we are like not for animal cruelty. We will buy products as like, if you, this was lab tested, we are not going to buy it. Right. Washington is very pet friendly. The whole West Coast is. Yeah, which is great. And I'm not saying anything bad about that, but it's just there's also to a degree just – it's a curiosity for me of, like, <laughs> how we invest so much in – Our pets. In pets. And people are just, like, wedding – you know, people are like, oh, I got a puppy for a wedding gift. You know, like, that was their, their gift between themselves, you know, between each other. Mm-hmm. Like, now we have a dog. Like, and then you get – you know, you have to pay for insurance and like the healthcare. Oh yeah, the thousands. Yeah, we like, pay thousands. We get only top quality products for our pets here. Oh, absolutely! Like all natural foods, like oh yeah, and all of that type of thing. Where I'm like, we invest so much in these these animals, which is great, but <laughs> I feel like is. But the thing is, the the problem here is you're right. It is great, but they treat people worse here. The West Coast treats their pets better than they do people. That's the problem that I see. I. I can't say I hundred percent agree with that because they're like I think I see we have that. really good healthcare and stuff. But when it comes, to I like, think I, I'm talking about like more casual social relationships. Like, can you say hi to someone on the street you don't know? No, I can't. No, I mean I I can. But are they going to respond to you? No. Yeah. They have see, also, they, yeah, but they would if a dog would if you had a dog then they would say hi. Yeah, if you didn't have a dog they wouldn't say hi. Yeah, that's true. They love animals more than they love their like neighbors. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Without question. And it's cool. I mean, it's great to have that family, but it's also, to me, it's interesting because it's a forever toddler. You know, they, they, always, they always... Why do you want a forever toddler? What are you doing? Yeah. But I mean, like, think about it. You always have to let them out. You got to make sure they get exercise. They're, they can so love you back. They feel, you know, you feel that love, but you can't communicate with them of like when they're in pain or like what's going on. Like, I mean, you know? I mean, if you, if you know animals... You can kind of understand. You don't know to the extent totally. Right. But. But it's just so interesting to me of like, or how much people will pay to like board their animals when they're. Oh, um, yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. It's just so, I, again, I didn't grow up with pets, so I can't, I don't have a great perspective. I understand that, but I'm just so curious as to why. Why these people love their animals so much. Yeah. And why is like the first thing like, I need a dog. I need a cat. Like, I just need it in my life. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, people are like, I need it. They I need, need it. it. Yeah. Which, therapy-wise, like, it's, I mean, it is good to have animals around. Like, it's definitely good therapeutically. But, um. They're also stressors. Yeah, they are stressors. And we're investing so much in animals and our relationship with our animals. Like, oh, I need to spend, you know, time with my dog. because And they, and like, when you're saying, like, parenting, like, pets parent, like, pets own the owner right because they like i need to go they're very needy they're dependent yeah on their owner and so it's just interesting to me why do we invest so much in these animals where we're not investing like that in people around us like in that community driven yeah you know space like i don't know also if we want okay i can i'm still thinking about just issues in the world (laughs) there is well well, I'll, i'll tell you some pros and cons with like dogs people love their dogs here, yeah. right you get exercise people are healthier when they have dogs right there's there's actually really great 
things about dogs. I compare dogs like you did to toddlers or kid, mm -hmm. kids. Um, the dogs like children, they notice the little things. Mm -hmm. Like if you've gone on a walk with a toddler, he'll just like notice a little leaf on the ground and like explore it, like look at it, both sides, feel it, or notice a flower or plane in the sky. And dogs will notice a squirrel mm -hmm. or like sniff something on the ground. Like they'll make you stop and just enjoy your surroundings. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. adults are just go, go, go. Cause they're so busy. There's so much to do. So dogs will like get you to just stop and enjoy. Um, I think the one really great thing about dogs specifically mm -hmm. that toddlers definitely do not give you, um, though is unconditional love no matter who you are you could be a fucking sociopath or a murderer or you could be the best person on earth but they will love you mm -hmm. like they will you come home they'll lick your face off they'll want to cuddle you if they're a good dog you know mm -hmm. if they're just like that type of dog but you know most are so they like no matter who you are they don't judge you they just love you for being you but yeah they also have stressors like mm -hmm. They are a lot of money. You do have to take care of them. Like, you can't just leave your house all day mm -hmm. and leave them alone. Mm -hmm. If you're a good dog parent, mm -hmm. um, you have to pick up their poop mm -hmm. unless they're extremely well potty trained. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Which there are some really, I mean, there's amazing dogs, and I think dogs are fantastic. I just feel like they they're, are. They're an investment. They are a major investment. investment. And I think. It's been got to prioritize what she exactly. desires. I think that's the priority thing is that I think they've become too high of a priority in the list of where other like, priorities are. Yeah, like humans and community. Yeah, I think that that's really important and something that we have neglected. Um, just as we, I don't know, maybe not to the to any noticeable extent, but I think it's just it's just so in, it's fascinating to me. It's interesting. And I definitely, I think that dogs are value. Dogs are valuable parts of society, and they save lives. And they're trained, you know, especially service dogs, therapy dogs. They can be there. They can warn you. They can smell different things. You know, they're yeah, amazing. Yeah, they are I think they're valuable. I have nothing against dogs or cats or dog people or, or cat, cat people. people. Right. I think it's. I just wonder where they are on the totem pole compared to other things in society. Yeah, other values in society. Yeah. Because yeah. like I had um, there's family friend where at Thanksgiving, her cat got an infection, like an eye infection, so she had to give her meds like so many hours, so she couldn't join family Thanksgiving, like because she had to drive you wow. know, two hours. So this cat's health stopped her from building up her family relationships. Given the family was okay with it, she was okay with it, but that's so sad to me. Yeah. That, like, okay, now because you've had this cat and you want to take care of it, which is great to have that good responsibility as a cat owner, now you have lost a potentially, could have been a last holiday for some people, you know, mm -hmm. like with her grandparents and things. You never yeah. know what could happen. So it's just, uh, anyway, all the, all the things. We're just, more, we're more people, people. We are people, people. <laughs> yeah. We're people, people. Yeah. And I'm sure we, you bring on someone here that's an avid cat or dog lover and they will be able to defend themselves. <laughs> and I'm not, I don't mean to point fingers or anything. Cause I know I spend too much time doing things I don't need to be spending time on, you know, but yeah. it's just like, everyone has those things. Um, 
but when it comes to especially relationship building, I think it's just really important, especially now after COVID. Oh yeah. That we are spending time with people given. And that's the other thing too, dog parks, people interact more at dog parks than they will at a coffee shop. Think about it. Yes. Without yes. question. Believable. Mm -hmm. Cause everyone brings their computer mm -hmm. to a coffee shop. Or headphones. So, yep. Yeah. So they just don't interact with anyone at all. Mm -hmm. I feel like the new thing too, is going into a coffee shop without headphones. Like, you're asking people to talk to you to a degree. You know, if you think about it, because I feel like when you put, once you put headphones in, it's like a wall saying like, don't talk to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So even when going, cause I'm really curious about what your opinion is of like online dating and coffee shops and like trying like in today's era, do you think people can have like a meet cute, you know, like from a movie where you can interact with someone right off the basis and be like, Oh my God, sorry. I bumped into you. You know, you see him in movies and all these other things, but is it something that we can do you think it will continue on where we can just where i went to a coffee shop i met someone else at a coffee shop and we happen to bump into each other and then we just talk and say hey let's go on a date later yeah like do you think that oh. really happens very often no are you kidding me people don't talk i that's what i'm saying no i, I this is why I actually i talked about this with someone else on a, another episode and what i was saying is like people only really talk out of necessity mm -hmm. so like if i go to a grocery store i'm like hey i can't find this help me find this that's how we talk and if for some reason we click off of that little conversation or something then something could potentially happen with the odds of that happening super low and then otherwise it's got so it's got to be out of necessity or out of organization mm -hmm. so like my meetup groups yeah so that's an organized meeting in person yeah. also the dating apps organize meeting in person so necessity or organization people don't just i don't just walk up to some random person on the street and say hi or like i have i have people do yeah. but for something to blossom and continue off of that mm -hmm. super rare right no and that's where it's like people i feel like they're like oh i don't want to be on a dating app but they still want to meet people and like how how do people meet people anymore through what I just said, right. <laughs> mostly right. through organization. Yeah, but anyway, I just think that's or or through school, through yeah, through school, old connections, schools or work, old mutual friends. Yeah, but it's just I just thought that was so interesting because we we're talking about headphones because I think that's the thing is that people used to say hi to each other on the street. You know, even if you don't know them, you know, it's just a common decent thing. Like, oh, you're in the same neighborhood. Hi, do you live here? You know, like, are you in the area? But now it's just because it's not organized. People are more skeptical or even potentially afraid of. Oh my goodness, why are you interacting with me? Are you trying to scam me? Are you trying to steal my identity? Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. People are more hesitant if you walk abduct up. me. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, you know, everything that we hear in the news. And then with COVID, it's like, can I even be near you? Or do you not even want me near you? Because mm -hmm. are you going to get me sick? You know? So it's like, yeah. ugh. That's a whole new, Oh, that was so That's interesting. Looking problem. at, like, lingo of dating sites. Because there was another thing. There was... um. Oh, I forget what it was, like COVID woke or something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, or woke fish, I think is what it's called. Wait, what is that? A woke fish is where you post all these things about being like woke, but you know nothing. It's like catfishing, right? Where if you catfish, you're appearing to be something that you're not. Uh -huh. So woke fishing is like saying, oh, I'm, I know all these things about social justice and all these things, but they know nothing. Given, you know, I can't say that I haven't ever posted, you know, I've definitely posted articles where I'm like, oh, this is a good ideal that people should know, 
but I maybe not didn't read the whole article or something like that, but I think it's important. So maybe I am, you know, subject to that as well in the way of just, you know, putting off that I understand this where when I really don't, you know? Yeah. But think when you're talking about like COVID conscious, like people, you know, aren't treat are they're they're Fauchuing, like Dr. Fauci, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Fauchuing is where you, uh, what are you doing? The, you're not taking the pandemic like seriously enough or something like that. If you're Fauchuing? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure if that was the opposite or if you're like. I feel like if you're Fauchuing, actually, I have no idea. I really want to find this article, <laughs> but it was just really interesting to. to where are you? Where are you with this? You've been like on a. Roller like, coaster. I've, You've been in a lot of different places with COVID. With COVID, I think that it's a because I also got my degree in public health. So, like seeing the public health, like you want to find the root of the problem and you want to stop it. The problem with COVID is that we found the root of the problem too late. We couldn't stop it and affected the world, yeah. right? Um, so these prevention, like they're good prevention techniques if they were to. Like again, if they worked, <laughs> if they worked, but that's the thing is that they're not work. Again, I think there are there is truth to like slowing the spread and things like that. And herd immunity is a great idea, but we didn't have that. And now people are talking about how getting a booster shot because like people are like, oh yeah, I'm vaccinated, we're set. Now you need a booster shot against Omicron. Or but then then there's other people of the WHO, so the World Health Organization. I call them the WHO, the WHO. Um, just to clarify, so I'm being respectful. WHO, um, they were saying that with all, like it's, there is this in, uh, inequality, inequity and inequality. I'm forgetting which one it is right now, um, between where people are vaccinated and where people aren't. And that's where we're getting variants and we're going to continue to get more mutations and variants of COVID as we continue to separate the population of some people have vaccines, some people don't. But right now we need to get people vaccinated. So instead of having us to have extra doses against these other ones that we will survive, as we've talked, a lot of, you know, people have been saying that Omicron is just like the common cold. It's still just COVID and very transmissible, very infectious. Um, in other countries, people don't have their first dose of the vaccine. So they're still dying from the original COVID variant, right? Or the original original COVID, I don't even know. But, um, <laughs> but the more we booster up, the more variants we'll see. And that makes sense to me. So when it comes to where I'm at with COVID, um, I think that we need to protect certain populations and give them resources that they need to stay healthy and safe. Um, But we also need the rest of the world to continue on because when it comes to money, um, you know, the economy, what the government's passing out to people, which is good. Like, I mean, the government should be helping here. But... Again, historically, if we're looking like history wise, you know, when we had the Great Depression, but then the World War II happened, and then we had something to do, right? And so the government was investing in the making all the things, weapons, and putting people out there in uniforms, and right, we had all this money to do that. But who was paying for us to go into the war? The gov. The government. So the government was putting money into the economy. So then when we got all our stimulus checks, that was the government giving us money to go back in the economy, but that's why inflation rates are, like, crazy. I don't know where that came from or why. I thought it was important <laughs> to talk about. Um, but I was just thinking about how uh, I was talking with someone else about just, like, that it's, like, history repeating itself in the way of inflation rates are crazy because the government put money in here. Um, we have a labor shortage. 
there's just a lot of issues that are happening because of COVID. Yeah, especially so. the pet parents. <laughs> man, those pet parents, man, they just go crazy. Yes, they are. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if I have like a stance. I can't say that I'm. I really want more people to be in the middle anyway. In the way of just, I feel like we polarized. Oh yeah. Either side, it's just we were so divided that I I can't have a strong opinion because I have loved ones on both sides, both sides. and it's not that it's really. Just, I'm just not. I see the importance of wearing a mask. I can see that it is respectful to other people from not sharing germs if you're sick or other things like that. I also think it's really important to gather in person and to not live in fear um, because, you know what, everybody, everybody's going to die sometime. Just the global pandemic is going to be a tragic loss for a lot of people. And each person, like you say, oh, it's only affecting so many numbers. But those many numbers are so many families and so many people. Right. Um, and that's hard. But so are um, car accidents, you know, and heart disease and all these other things that are also issues. The flu kills thousands of people every year normally as well. And we're trying to keep, you know, but because now it's less than it would normally, you know, like we have flu shots or whatnot, it's acceptable. So when will COVID become acceptable amount of losses? You know what I'm saying? Right. Because it's not gonna go away right Where it's just gonna be like a norm yeah. like the flu so I can't say I have a really strong opinion of what we should do because I don't know I'm not probably as educated as I should be on all those topics well the thing is I don't think anybody is because <laughs> I think everybody thinks they know mm -hmm. how COVID works how to respond to it like, what happens? Like, there's so many, like, new research articles coming out about what to do, what it is, what the new variants are like, or whatever. But I have a hard time with knowing what's really valid and accurate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And then everyone just claims they know. Yeah. And then if you think, did you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix? No. Okay, so that was talking about, like, polarization, but algorithms and things. When you click on something, they're going to then show you things that are like that item, right? Right. So, so there's always a bias. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, and in that bias, too, people are being fed what they want to hear. Right. Because they've clicked on certain things, and that's what they want to read. Right. And so when you have people that and they're like, oh, yeah, everyone's seeing this because all, like, their suggested things are all in the same, like, issue. So when they hear someone that has a different opinion, you're like, how could you be so dumb? Haven't you heard all these other news that are biased articles right. and things like that? So I don't think... Anybody really knows what they're talking about. <laughs> this I is real life. Is. Yeah. But that's why I just like to live my life. And then when I die, I die. But that's the other thing, too. I just think that it's instilled so much fear and distrust. And, yeah. And it's broken apart families. And there's just such great division in so many things. Of way, the way people are handling it. Are you vaccinated or not? I have a cousin who works at a school, right? She's a teacher. Mm -hmm. Got, um, what's it called? Uh, she didn't get vaccinated. She got uh, approved to not be vaccinated. Wow. What is I'm actually called? surprised. What's that called? An exemption. An exemption. She got exempted. She got her exemption wow. to keep teaching. Is this in Washington? Yes. Wow, I'm like in shock. She, she got, got but she now has so many extra rules to follow. She's the only one that has to wear, like, she wears, like, a face shield and a gown to teach her class. Are you freaking because, kidding me? And, so, and then all the social construct construct the, yeah everything that's going on at her school she's just like it's like she's being discriminated against because she didn't yeah. get the vaccine you know what's crazy 
So right when I landed in Seattle, the first thing me and my mom did was go to Starbucks in Seattle. We immediately got kicked out because, well, we started eating, and then the barista walks up, and they're like, do you have your, your vaccine card? And I was like, crap. I have it on my phone, but I didn't have my phone with me. So I'm like, you didn't have your, oh, it was in the car. Yeah, it was just in the car. And I was like, all right, mom, let's go. Like, let's, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to get my phone, bring it in the car, and then leave five minutes later. And so I'm like, let's just go. But then, you know what I wanted to say? I figured, I, I came up with this later. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, he said, do you have your vaccine card? I, what I wish I said was, is it because I'm Jewish? Oh, my goodness. I wish okay. I said that. This doesn't. Doesn't this whole thing sound yes. like something? Yes. I, I I, this one's it. actually in the history books, and yeah. we're repeating it. I thought we wrote it down to not repeat it. Yeah. Like asking for papers to get in certain places? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to get things. like, And that's why your whole story reminds me, like, she she's being discriminated against. Yeah. Like, because she doesn't – because she's not vaccinated, she has to do extra. She has to, like, deal with more shit just to do her job. And it's like, it's horrible. Like, she came to the staff meeting at the beginning of the year, you know, whatever, and she had her exemption approval. As soon as she walked in the class, also, I don't know how people know this, she walked into the meeting. And, she's, and it's very obvious she's not vaccinated because she looks different. Apparently. Well, was she? Well, she's wearing a gown and... Well, now, but like before that... So it's before noticeable from her happened. students and everyone that sees her. Yeah. So everyone knows that she's not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, that's where I had a friend leave teaching because that's, she got an exemption to keep teaching. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to get it because, you know, her body, she doesn't know what's going to happen. She's young. Right. Things. And then, um, and then she left her teaching job because she was like, they gave me too many situations. So like, it wasn't. Too many hoops to jump through. Yeah. To make it worth to it. To keep it. So was there anything else besides the gown and the face shields? I'm sure there are. Those are the mi- biggest things that like I, but I was going to say she came into a staff meeting and everybody was just silent. They just, it's like she used to have all these friends. Like, it was like a good work environment. And now she's they like don't the want, They want to dissociate with her. Yeah. Like, that's messed up. That is so bad. Also, when it comes to papers and stuff, it's still HIPAA. Like, I don't understand how it's okay to be asking for vaccination cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's your own, it's a, that's medical information. Yeah. That you, like, again, you're taking the choice to, like, go and you know that this is a rule. But it, it, it's just so... I can't even, it's not okay. Immoral. Yeah. It just really messes with my head of just thinking about like, wow, I have to tell you what is inside my body so that I can come in a certain place. Yeah. I don't like that. But then, and then there's the other thing too, is that I have another, I have a friend who is a firefighter and you know, as, and she's been getting, trying to get a job as a firefighter. So for her, she was like, I can't, um, she wasn't sure about getting the vaccine or not, but then she also knew that if she, she didn't want that to be a reason she didn't get a job. Right, so she only did it for to get a freaking job, just to make a living, mm-hmm. just to have a life. Yeah. That's actually what I did, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, like, people, you should That's what sucks. I hate that I had to do it just so I can have a job. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, I'd be homeless. That's yeah. not true. I would just do a job that I wouldn't want to do. So, I think I personally am for vaccines. I don't really see, you know, issues with it or, like, again – I just, the biggest issue for me is the forcing upon people. The mandates. The mandates, and it's just like, you Yeah, know, me too. 
we we started this country with the idea that you're not going to be forced into things. As we're just talking about the amendments and things, like you know, you have freedom uh, to practice whatever religion you want to. You know, you have freedom. I don't of think speech authority and, knows the Constitution of the Declaration. I don't think they've looked at that. We're big that. entities, big corporations. I don't think they've read it, or I think they need some enlightenment. I was gonna say, I think they just need to think about it in in light of say, because people are like, oh, this is an unprecedented time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's look. We still need to abide by certain things yeah you know yeah and it's just getting a little too involved for my liking uh on certain things for sure but yeah i i think we should suggest that we continue to educate people on what you know what's in the vaccines how important and how valued and like you know there's the advertisements now for you know like get your vaccine and like that's a decision that people can make and i think it'd be great if people got their vaccine however hate that we're, we're having to choose between family members and like friends and ways of life and where to go to eat and all yeah. those things because you believe or do not believe in a vaccine from my from my perspective in my life and how i view the world we need a lot more jesus i'm not saying we need church i'm not saying we need religion i'm saying we need more jesus in the sense of loving your neighbors as yourself and I know that people will be like, oh, we wear a mask to do that. But it's like, okay, well, let's talk and let's get to know each other. And let's trust and build up some, I don't know. There's just a lot of purpose and hope in that, more so than fear and evil. For me, it's all about, like, the government has way too much control than I would like. And people, I just want to feel, like, liberated. Anyways, it was great to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. We had a great time talking about parenting and COVID and other world issues. Yeah. Go team. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great. I hope you guys listen next time on Genuine Connections.